You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the geek's watch. For the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are here, John, talking more about Star Trek Discovery Season 1. Uh, we don't have Steven with us again this week, but uh, we can get through it, I think. There was a lot less Klingon boobs this time around. There were a lot less Klingon boobs. Uh, but a big revelation. A, a couple, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's get into the geek news first so that we can get that passed and... What bigger story happened this week than the closing of the Fox acquisition by Disney? It's a done deal now. It's done. It's all signed. Everything's it. Uh, we've had the first uh, fallout from it, I guess. Fox 2000 studio is is being closed. It's a, I think it's about 4,000 jobs or something like that. I heard it was about 4,000 layoffs coming. Yeah, just, just from that one studio alone. Um Fox 2000 Studio is is different from 20th Century Fox and and Fox Searchlight. Like those are the three different types of uh, movie studios that's under Fox. Um, Fox 2000 is like uh, Fight Club and Fault in Our Stars were made from the, that studio. So oh wow, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing, but hopefully some job integration or some people are gonna be able to have a similar job over at Disney. I don't know. They're gonna throw a broken pull cue in between them and have to fight well, it out. Uh, okay, that's that's a little that's a little harsh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little harsh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's the end of an era for sure. I mean we lost one of the big production houses now that's been absorbed into the multi conglomerate that is Disney. That's true. Eventually, there will be probably just two companies left and. Everything will be divided between Disney and, I don't know, Netflix maybe. <laughs> That's a very uh, positively dystopian future, I think. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, the stuff isn't going to go away, but hopefully they don't do the whole Disney vault treatment with things like Fight Club now, where it's like, you know, it's going away, buy it now before it's too late, and then... You'll only be able to see those things on their streaming service in the future. Yeah, that would be terrible if they if, it, if they started doing stuff like that. But I don't I don't think they will. No, they want to get your money somehow. That's true. That's true. I I just don't think that you can 
really do that. I mean, do they still even do the vault stuff with their Disney animated like movies? I want to say they do because sometimes it's hard to find some that are like the more obscure. Well, I, I just feel like with streaming and everything, especially with their own Disney Plus streaming that's going to be happening, they're not going to be doing that that much anymore. I mean, they'll still release every now and then like a platinum collection version where it's got like, you know, extra commentary or something. Because that's the one thing that physical media still has over digital streaming is just the supplemental materials. True. but I mean, you can get commentary and stuff like that with iTunes movies. Yeah, commentary, sure, but like still like the other documentaries and deleted scenes and things like that, that seems like it's still relegated primarily to the physical media. Okay, I, I understand that. So it's a, it's, it's, just a, it's a thing, I guess, you know, in my geekiness, I, I, I'm happy that Mutants and Fantastic Four are with the rest of the MCU, but it's terrible that we're getting another conglomerate or another... Uh, company absorbed into disney and then people were losing their jobs but yeah but you know netflix is opening up a studio uh amazon has a studio i mean these these are things hopefully just means more people will be able to go to more places it's all changing yeah people were freaking out when cable was introduced back when there was only three networks before and i mean listen to steven spielberg he's freaking out about streaming stuff he's like look that, that those aren't real movies yeah. unless you go see it in a the theater it's not a real movie yeah i mean and ultimately the the, the customer will decide with their dollar yeah so, well, yeah it'll be fine and when the next thing comes it will change too yeah when <laughs> when they start beaming those beta rays into your brain directly <laughs> while you sleep hey i'll get to watch a movie while i'm sleeping <laughs> that's right it's great it might help that challenge you're in right it now really, it really will uh all right well then also happening over at marvel you know all those uh Critically acclaimed TV shows they had on Netflix that had to do with uh, Marvel superheroes? I've heard of them. Yeah. Well, uh, another nail in the coffin for that one because they're selling off the props. They're auctioning off the props, I should say. If you uh, go to propstore.com slash Marvel, you can put in an auction or a bid, I guess, for things like Matt Murdock's round red glasses or... Uh, Danny Rand's stunt yellow Iron Fist mask, or Colleen Wing's katana, even Misty Knight's robot bionic arm. Like these are all things that you can you can bid on. Uh, I think the auction it says 131 days. I think that's going to be like around August sometime. Oh wow! Well. Anything that looks interesting to you from that list? Not I mean, not really. I mean, you can get Daredevil's suit, the whole red suit. I mean, if you're into cosplay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I will bid one dollar on that. Yeah, you're not gonna win. <laughs> That's unfortunate, but well, I mean, just posture like there's a really high reserve, and uh, hopefully that nobody else will, you know, look past that bluff. <laughs> uh, so gotta, yeah, gotta hit him with that poker face. A- anything, anything interesting to you on that list? I mean, I, I like Electra size, but I've always been like a Raphael fan anyway, so that just. <laughs> Hits me to my, you know, youth core. Ah. But no, I mean, it is kind I of mean, unfortunate. You, you can get Electra's whole battle suit, so then you can complete the set. The, set, Ooh, the size and the battle what, suit. What size does it come in? Oh, we'll make it fit. We'll, okay. <laughs> we'll get some Pam and just grease you up. It's just slide right in there. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Yeah, th- that's a thing. 
that's uh, something that's happening. So does it? It just makes it feel so final now. It's like it's so done. We're even getting rid of all this. We don't even want to keep it. Let's just get rid of it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it uh, it sucks. It it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's it's best I could say. I wonder if Netflix owned that stuff or straight up Marvel did. I don't. I you know what? That's probably so tied up in there. I'm sure Marvel owned it. Um. I'm pretty sure Netflix just fit the bill to produce them, and that's it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, you know uh, that show that we watched called Castle Rock? I would rather not speak of that, but sure. (laughs) Well, that second season that we highly uh, speculated about, especially since they left us with the whole uh, Overlook Hotel uh, thing, well, guess what? They're going to go do Misery instead. Okay. <laughs> sure. They cast Lizzie Kaplan as Annie Wilkes, which was um, Kathy Bates. Uh, Kathy Bates, Kathleen Bates' uh, character from from uh, Misery. Misery. So mm-hmm. she's going to be in season two. I mean, we also have. Uh, I mean, as like a young version. I'm guessing there are going to be flashbacks. I suppose maybe. Maybe when she was a teen, she went to visit. Well, Lizzie Kaplan's like in her 30s, but like before she settled and abducted. You know her favorite writer. She maybe spent a couple of weeks at the Overlook <laughs> Hotel. Well, uh, maybe we also have Elsie um, Fisher, who you I don't know if you saw Eighth Grade or not, but no. she recently was in that. Um, she's going to be playing uh, Annie's daughter, homeschooled daughter. Uh, so I don't remember in misery her having a daughter or yeah, talking about she, a daughter or anything I, like I that mean, so well, i mean i never read the book so i can't say for sure but i guess that's true I, i've only ever seen the movie yeah uh and then we also have um tim robbins is going to be in the movie so he's coming back from a stephen king thing obviously yeah, he's in shawshank yeah. so he's going to be the uh sissy spacek of this season i guess nice uh, you know what i i dig that if anything <laughs> else i really respect that they're at least tying it in in the meta aspect with uh, former uh you know stephen king heavyweights mm-hmm. you know, even if they're pastor prime or whatever it's it's still pretty cool he's going to be playing uh reginald pop merrill which i guess is a character from stephen king's 1990 novella the sundog uh, the patriarch of the Merrill crime family. Pop is uh, d- dying of cancer and at a reckoning with his family. And then you got Garrett Hedlund is going to come in and be Pop's nephew, John Ace Merrill. So uh, those that's just a little bit of the casting that we have going on for season two of Castle Rock. Garrett Hedlund is the guy that was in Tron Legacy? Yeah, Garrett Hedlund okay. was in Tron Legacy. I see. Interesting. I mean, does it make you feel any more like you want to watch season two? It makes me feel like I want to keep up with the news about it, but not necessarily watch it episodically, if that makes any sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, and then, like, maybe here, if you feel like it's getting good review afterwards, go back and check it out. Yeah, I think that definitely going to just kind of keep up with it, maybe watch a couple of YouTube videos about it. Uh, and if at the end it sounds like it was worth it, then go back. But like, if I would have watched uh, a video on YouTube reviewing like the season finale for season one, mm-hmm. I would have been like, well, I guess I got everything I needed to know and saved myself like 20 hours of uh, <laughs> viewing time. I mean, it's it's it sounds like things are, are I don't know. 
sounds like things would be interesting, but so did the first season. It sounded very interesting to me. So yeah, it was just such a slog. It could have easily been five episodes if properly edited. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's just, and then the whole how so much of it just happened off screen, like we talked about, just it really got to me. Yeah, it felt so pointless. It's like, why are we watching this? It's like watching paint dry. And then crazy stuff happens that could have easily have come way sooner. Uh, it all honestly, it I thought about it afterwards. The entirety of season one. Uh yeah. It could have been a two and a half hour movie. Well, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see if we end up checking it out or not. I mean, yeah. we won't we won't have a Game of Thrones show, so. Yeah, that'll that'll come to an end, unfortunately. So we'll be filling in the spaces somehow. <laughs> so you know how we also talk about a show called um, Black Mirror here. I do like that show, right? Well, guess who got cast in the season five or a couple season five episodes? Uh, would it be a Falcon and a Manta? That's right. <laughs> Uh, surprise surprise you got anthony mackie who now best known as falcon from the avenger movies or the marvel cinematic universe and then uh yaya abdul at mateen mateen the second uh who played black manta in uh aquaman you know if i ever get off my lazy ass and actually start making these song parodies i always say i I work on Uh and only have a couple of lines for i'm gonna start by updating my version of Rock Lobster called Black Manta. Black Manta. Yes. <laughs> and it's still nautical themed. So it's, it's true. Perfect. You're right. Yes. You're right. Uh, I just watched him also in uh, Us, which uh, was okay. It was interesting. It was good. Okay. It was good. It was interesting. To me, it really falls apart at the end or towards the end. I don't. I really don't want to spoil anything, and I feel like saying anything about the movie is spoiling. You know, like, I normally don't care about spoilers, but you know what? I'll just go and watch this one blind. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm really I'll, curious. Like I said, about I'll try not to spoil whatever yeah. the twist is. Yeah, that's it. It's, hopefully, it has a good payoff. That's all it that matters. I, just, I feel like the my my I couldn't suspend my disbelief enough for it to work on me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. It definitely crosses over into some goofy territory. Yeah, like weird sci-fi. Okay, well, I mean, we just watched, uh, but not like, not like, like, like psychedelic weird. Just like, huh? <laughs> okay, so it's harder to suspend your disbelief than it was with uh, Happy Death Day to you. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll go so, in with an open mind. I want to check it you out. You do that. You do that. So how do you feel about uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, Yaya? I don't, I don't know if they're going to be in the same episode. I doubt it. I don't know. if. Uh, obviously, they, they haven't released anything about what their episodes are about or who they're playing. But yeah, I, I also thought that we had... I know that Miley Cyrus is in an episode of season five. I've heard, yeah. But I thought we were already done filming season five. That means we're not getting season five anytime soon. I don't think so, no. I think Bandersnatch is essentially taking the place of like where season five would have come out. So it's like their specials like they used to do back when it was on the BBC. Yes. Okay. So yeah, like so rather than having a season, mm-hmm. which again in like the first season it was only like three episodes, mm-hmm. we got this one. Right. And then now we're gonna wait till the next one. Yeah. That's kinda upsetting. A little bit, yeah. But something to look forward to. This is definitely something to look forward to. Uh, also, speaking of Bandersnatch in a tangential way, um, Netflix has their next interactive thing. 
It's called uh uh oh sorry shit I forget oh you and the wild or you versus the wild yeah it's uh gonna be Bear Grylls new survival show um essentially you're gonna pick how what he does next in in the show I would. You know what? I would so totally just try to pick whatever way would get him gruesomely murdered. Why? <laughs> See, you are the person. You're those people in the in the movies when they're like, like in the uh, Black Mirror episode, where it's, uh, social media is like, should this person get killed? And then everybody that voted yes for that person to get killed is gonna get killed. This is true. I and I would totally do that. Yeah. You're gonna fall. You're gonna fall. Those those drone bees are gonna kill me. That's right. There was another movie too. It's uh, the movie with uh, Emma Roberts. Uh, I think it was. It's like it's like virtual truth or dare or something like that. Like the the more you do it, I forget what it was called. Like you get tasks from people through social media or something like that, and you do it, you get money. And then if you they she ends up trying to like stop. Partic- oh, James Franco, not James Franco. Dave Franco is also in it. It's Emma Roberts and Dave Franco. Do you remember? Either the wheels are spinning. I'm not no, remembering which one this is. I don't know why I can't remember what the name of that movie is. Um, it wasn't great. It's like Simon Says or something like that. I, I, I mean, I mean, the idea is kind of the same, yeah. Something very cliche. Yeah. What was that other one, too, that we saw on Black Mirror? I think it was called... Uh, uh, oh, man. The one where they, they're basically blackmailing you when you did something really wrong. Oh yeah, the yeah, um, just dance or something like that. Was it just dance? No, it's the other. It's the other song title one. Something with it, dance, isn't it? It's a, take my hand and dance. Mm, shut up and dance. Shut up and dance. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it was, was called. Yeah. Uh, I just think take that this dance and shove it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I don't know about how this interactive. I mean, even the trailer for the show was interactive. Oh really? Yeah. If you if you go through their YouTube, like uh, thing, it will it will. You you decide on what what's gonna happen next just for the trailer. Oh, interesting. So. I have to check it out. I have not even seen it. It's on YouTube. Yeah, the trailer. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, I, I'm probably gonna pass on it. It's not a show. I really I've never really cared for the Survivor shows, anyways. So, well, the only thing I didn't like about them is how obviously fake they actually were, <laughs> and then later to have confirmation. Well, it's not so much that they're fake. It's just that they're planned out, and it's, I yeah. mean they're not really going to put people into harm's way. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's the same thing of saying wrestling is fake. Wrestling's not fake. Fake. It's skipped. It's scripted. Like people are going to go. I mean, they're 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 planning the stuff out, kind of thing. It's it's all stage stage fighting and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I'm probably just gonna, I'm going to pass on that, but that's just me. You know, uh, you know who this guy, Christopher Nolan guy is? Um, he did some kind of movie trilogy a while back. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, uh, you know, he's he's really heavily coveted as a director. He's made made some big movies. Well, he's got something a, about magicians, right? Yeah, there was a there was one mis- yeah. magician one. Uh, the one dude dresses up like a bat, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I dig it. He's got an action movie that's going to be coming out here pretty soon. And there's a lot of misinformation about what this action movie is going to be about out there right now, and he like their his team is shooting it down. But we have some casting news about it so far. Oh, I see. And John David Washington, uh, who was just in 
Oscar-winning film Black Klansman. Oh, I was uh, going to say Green Book? No. Uh, and also the son of Denzel Washington is going to play the lead, or one of the leads, uh, male leads for, for this movie. Um, he's going to be playing against Robert Pattinson for the other male lead, and then Elizabeth Debicki as the female lead. No one knows what their roles are about. No one knows what the movie's about. Just Christopher Nolan's next movie. Just and impeccably dressed British handsome people. That's right. Except for John David Washington. But yes, Elizabeth Debicki, who was most recently in uh, Widows, if you saw that movie. I saw that movie. And then, of course, we all know who Robert Pattinson is. Yeah, wasn't he... Uh, he was also a vampire. The Quidditch player from one of those <laughs> Harry Potter movies? Sure. Was he a Quidditch player? I know he was in the... the the Triwizard Cup or whatever. Yeah. Triwizard so Tournament. But Tri-Wizard I don't, I don't know if he was a Quidditch player or not. He could be. He probably was. I don't know. Sure. It's, I think he was a do, Hufflepuff. Right? You know, there's a lot of people. Was he? I thought he was Gryffindor. No, I think he was Hufflepuff. Oh, okay. Well, he might have been Gryffindor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No things. Hufflepuff would ever make it to the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> what am I thinking? Ouch. <laughs> there's a whole slew of people that are going to be upset with you right now. Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing you're a Slytherin. Get your wands out, people. Are you a Slytherin? No, I'm a Ravenclaw. No, I'm a Ravenclaw. Oh, sweet. <laughs> See, we're in good company. There you go. Uh, I mean, are you? Has has Christopher Nolan's stock gone down for you at all? Did you go see Dunkirk? No, it looks awesome, but I have not seen it because it's. I sat through Interstellar, and although I loved it. His movies are very taxing to me now. <laughs> like, it's very hard to sit through all of them and give them all the attention they deserve. Um, I mean, he's, I, I think with all the goodwill he's earned from me, like, I'll never not praise any of his work, but I just don't know if I can always sit through it. <laughs> like, I could, I've watched Inception multiple times because I love it so much. <laughs> I've seen, I mean, The Dark Knight, who knows how many times by now. I've seen Memento multiple times because, I mean, after you see it the first time, you just never see it the same way again. Uh, and you always find little details that are interesting. Um, I love Which movie? Memento. Oh, Memento. Okay. Yes. The Prestige, of course, is awesome. It's another one of those that you rewards multiple viewings. But, like, Interstellar just took so much out of me. Like, both time-wise and emotionally, it was just so over the top and still beautiful to watch. Uh, that I felt Dernkirk was just going to be like, okay, this movie's going to kill me. <laughs> like, it's just going to just, it's going to make me feel things and I'm going to have to like admit that I'm human after all and what? open up my vulnerabilities to the drama of the human condition in such a horrifying time that I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to just wait till I'm in the right mind space to actually enjoy this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't go see it either and I think that... I loved Interstellar as well, but yeah, it was it was a it was a watch. Yeah. So uh, his his stock hasn't gone down for me. I'm I'm in for whatever yeah, this movie is. It's just it's it's interesting. I feel like uh, some people have kind of written him off. Not written him off. I don't know how how else to put it, but written him off at this point. I mean, if if he's not making like popcorn movies that people will sit through and you know, because a lot of his stuff is very thoughtful and yeah, you know, thought-provoking. Exactly. Yeah, But it's also appealing. I mean, obviously, when he's behind the reins of something like Batman, people are going to go because it's Batman, and then they're they're not realizing that they're actually watching essentially a you know a masterpiece <laughs> yeah, playing before them. That's true. It's kind of like sneaking in art into their entertainment. That's true. Um, but for something that's not a known property, it's it's definitely much harder to sell a non-film fan on it. So. Um, 
Let's talk about some Star Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew that you'd be pretty excited about this. Just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, so, so, some people that... The show that we watch is Game of Thrones, as we said earlier. Well, the two guys that are in charge of Game of Thrones, uh, Ben and Off and Weiss? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they are making a trilogy? Yeah, it's a trilogy. Another mm-hmm. set of trilogies for uh mm-hmm. star wars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it has come out that it is going to be well i think it's highly speculated i don't know if it actually is set in stone yet well the first star wars film was set well before the skywalkers uh to begin filming in the fall and it's going to be set during the old republic that's what's being reported okay it's not set in stone yet i don't know if this means exactly the old republic as we know it from like the role-playing game, and then later the online multiplayer game. Uh, it would be amazing, though, if they did adapt that storyline. Uh, my interpretation of how it's worded, it's simply going to take place a few generations prior to the, the current saga. So no Skywalkers, none of the stuff that we know currently. Um, possibly, if it's not that far along, I mean, it might feature a character like Yoda, who's like 900 years old mm-hmm. by the time he dies. So he theoretically could still be in a movie that takes place several hundred years prior to the Skywalker saga. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Old Republic is supposed to be at least a thousand years before. Mm. And it could potentially be up to 10,000 years before. And that's simply because I can't remember off the top of my head the official timeline of that right now. But it definitely takes place way before. Mm. Um, there's still a lot of things that don't change. Like you still have huts that are, you know, gangsters. And, um, you know, there's a lot more Sith running around at this time because that this was before the, the rule of only two and all that. Um, so there's a lot of really fertile ground for this area. And if it does happen to take place during the uh, Knights of the Old Republic... That would be amazing because the storyline for the Knights of the Old Republic RPG game, um, the single player version, not the multiplayer one, was so good. It definitely feels like it would have made a much more epic movie than anything we've had since the original trilogy came out. Simply because it actually explores the gray area of you know Jedi politics mm-hmm. in a really smart way. It really does make you believe, well, like understand. I mean, obviously, if you want to, you want to do something that's like heavily political get these two guys that make game of thrones i mean yeah. even though you have dragons and sword fights and boobs you, you, <laughs> there's a lot of politics and it's heavy politics in that show i came for the boobs and i stayed for the politics you stayed for the politics okay good there you go uh so yeah that starts filming this fall that so we got that trilogy and you have the ryan uh is that name is it is his ryan, name ryan? johnson Ryan, yeah, Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah. Also. I'm going to pretend that that one's not happening, and I don't think it is. I think it is. They, they, last s- they say, say he says that it's still happening. Uh, we'll see about that. We will see about that. Now, before we go on to the next uh, story, I did want to make one more Star Wars article. Oh. Um, it was just posted today, I believe, on John Favreau's Twitter. A picture, oh, the picture of Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Actually, doing that was posted on Thursday. Thursday, okay. Uh, today's what, Friday. Well, yeah, so it's Sunday. Previous day. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we're doing a little time travel right now, folks. Okay, so earlier this week, John Favreau posted a picture on Twitter of Taika Waititi, the director of Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. and uh, star and director of What We, do, what in we do in the Shadows, doing voiceover work. And on the screen, 
was uh, everybody's favorite assassin droid, IG-88. Yeah, but you don't know if he's doing the voice of IG-88. You don't know this, but just the idea that IG-88 is going to be in The Mandalorian and the possibility that Taika Waititi is doing the voice, <laughs> it just fills me with so much joy that did you don't I, even know. Did IG-88 not talk prior to this? Um, In the original trilogy, in the scene that he was in for like 30 seconds, no, he made no sounds whatsoever. The only time you ever hear what he even remotely sounds like was in the Shadows of the Empire video game, uh, which came out for PC and N64 back in like 97, I want to say. No idea. Yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, it was one of like the launch games for the N64 or came out shortly afterward. It's great. It It's horrible to play now <laughs> because the controllers have changed so much since then. But at the time, it was revolutionary and mind-blowing. IG-88 is a beloved fan favorite from, like, the Bounty Hunter, uh, you know, storylines. Star Wars people are so weird. It's, you know what, (laughs) for a character that has so little screen time, much like Boba Fett, there's just so much lore behind it. Why is it that we're always so obsessed with Bounty Hunters? You know what, maybe it just harkens back to the old uh, West American ideal of, you know, living by your own rules and, you know... Just everybody deep down inside just wants to be a manhunter. I guess. So, yeah. Uh, so, in the Shadows of the Empire, did he sound like a New Zealander? You know, he had kind of a monotone voice, but he also had these really quirky kind of robotic sounds, similar to like R2-D2, uh-huh. but pitched down and more sinister sounding. Mm-hmm. So, I'm guessing he might be doing some of that, too. <laughs> like, he'll be contributing like those beeps and whistles and stuff, but... With a slightly evil bent. Because technically, IG-88, although he is a, a, a robot through and through uh, with an artificial intelligence, he's also insane. Oh. Yeah. In the moments of his creation, like his his uh, cybernetic brain basically went through the entire process of like evolution and self-discovery and awareness. And in the space of about maybe three seconds, decided that... Uh, organisms were not worth having around and he decided to a life of exterminating them so he's like roberto from uh futurama yeah you could say that <laughs> yeah. it's instead of uh wanting to stab you though he prefers to disintegrate you yeah uh all right was, was there any other uh news that you wanted to get to for As star wars related that was pretty much it okay uh and then i thought was a bit of a weird bit of news was uh ezra miller Apparently, is butting heads with uh, Goldstein and uh, the other writer-director that's on the Flash movie that I can't remember at the moment. Um, he wants the Flash movie to be more a dramatic piece, whereas the writer-director that they got, the ones that made Game Night and wrote Vacation, they obviously were brought in to make it more comedic. And that's kind of what they're going towards for the DC Cinematic Universe now. Now, yeah. If you look at Aquaman, you look at uh, what Shazam's going to be, obviously. Which, I've only been hearing great things about Shazam. It looks good, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, and the little bit I saw of Wonder Woman 84 in at San Diego Comic-Con this past year. Like, they're definitely going for comedy there. I just can't wait for that trailer to drop. It's going to be a while. The, the movie <laughs> got pushed back. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it, – it, it's interesting. So, in all that, since he's butting heads with them, he is 
going to take a crack at writing the script himself with famed comic book writer Grant Morrison. Now, has Grant Morrison done any of the uh, like required readings for The Flash? I would assume so. I'm, I'm sure he's written Flash comics before. He's written The Flash, in, in, in my knowledge, at least in Justice League, because he wrote Justice League for a long ah, time. Okay. So, well, I mean, at least he's got good uh, co-writing then. Yeah, as far as that's concerned. I mean, yeah, obviously he's going to know his stuff. Grant Morrison's going to know his stuff, but yep, yep. it's it's just interesting that Ezra Miller would come in and be like, "I want to write this now." Well, I mean, from what I understand, it's also because if they don't get to work on it immediately, like his contract is going to expire. That's true, and he doesn't want to lose the job. And I'm okay with him losing the job. You know what? I know everybody's like, he was the best part of Justice League. But well, not really. I wouldn't say that. Okay, good. Thank you. No, but, but I mean, I think that he's an interesting choice for the character. He's definitely a much different interpretation of Barry Allen than Grant Gustin or even uh, John Wesley Shipp. Yeah. So, I mean, it as long as it fits true to the character, uh, you know, he does seem to skew a little younger. Um, I mean, this Flash hasn't even started working for the police yet. As a yeah, I don't CSI, think he will. It, whatever. What well, didn't he at the end of? Batman oh, I guess that's Superman? true. He gets the no. It's at the end of Justice League, isn't or it? Or Justice League? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He got his uh, diploma or something, whatever yeah, that was. Whatever it is, so that he can get a job. It was like I got some pool with the commissioner yeah. or something like that. <laughs> I don't know that, that fucking movie. I was like, the real Flash would have earned his way into the police force. No, nope, no. Nope. This Flash just wants to do brunch and have friends because he's lonely. Oh, that's right, the brunch thing. I forgot about that. He's lonely. <laughs> he needs friends. Uh. Yeah, you know that's that's a thing. That's that's great. That's uh, Ezra Miller for you. So I I think that the Flash whole thing that they were trying to do is probably just going to go up in flames. It's just not going to pan out. Probably not. I could see that happening yeah. or not happening. I guess. And we're still due for a Green Lantern Corps, and I mean, at least we're getting a James Gunn Suicide Squad. Yeah. I mean, you know, you take one good thing and have to drop <laughs> off a few other deuces. <laughs> Uh, all right. Was there any other news that you wanted to talk about? Yes. Oh. Uh, my last story, uh, a show that we both watch and I think I love way too much, Stranger Things. Oh, that's right. We season had the, three. We had the season three uh, trailer come out. Yes. The trailer dropped and uh, it looks so good. <laughs> it does. Like the, the cast is growing up. They're so grown. They they look like they've been stretched. Yeah. They look longer, but that's about it. Does, is the kid that plays... um. Mike? Nope. Will? Dustin. Dustin. I know in the first season, they had to deal with the fact that the end of the season, he is, his voice had dropped. Mm. Like, it had dropped octaves. But it sounds like he's still doing a high-pitched voice in this trailer, so you think he's making himself sound that way? Maybe. I mean, but this is the time when that would it, be taking effect. Yeah, yeah. They so. all look, uh, especially since it's taking place in the summertime, they all look pretty sweaty. <laughs> uh, and it looks like um, Eleven and the new girl are becoming Max. Max, yeah, they're becoming. Cl- yeah, friends, they're hanging out. They're friends. listening to music. They're reading Teen Beat or Tiger Beat, whatever that is. Whatever. Uh, doing uh, very very eighties glamour shots. It just, <laughs> uh, it, the interaction of everybody just having a good time and hanging out was like. 
Oh, I saw a Reddit post that was like, you know what? If this season was just them having a good time all summer, I would dig that. <laughs> like, I would just watch that. And I was just, like, That's true. It's just gonna be. Uh, it's just gonna be Stand by Me, like a, a version of that. Like, hey, you guys want to go see a dead body? You no, know, we've seen plenty of them. Let's just walk around. <laughs> yeah, let's just all just hang out at the beach or something. What like, is uh, Max's older brother doing in the trailer? It looks like he's a bodyguard. You talking about Billy? Yeah. Yeah, oh Billy, who, who would he be a bodyguard for? Oh, not a bodyguard, a, a bouncer. Oh, a lifeguard. Lifeguard. Okay, because you see him like walking shirtless, and like across from him is somebody else who definitely is a lifeguard. She's got the red suit on, <laughs> uh, so I'm assuming that's what he's doing. I mean, that would kind of fit. Any excuse for him to take her shirt off, I'm sure. <laughs> and then um, we saw hairdo. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, uh, John Steve. Ralphio. Yeah. Steve. Yes. He's uh, working at a ice cream parlor? It's like a Dairy Queen at the mall, yeah. Orange Julius or something? So, something to that effect, yeah. <laughs> And him and Dustin are best of pals? Yes. And uh, his uh, Steve's co-workers was like, so how many kids are you friends with? Like, <laughs> so that, that, would, that would imply that uh, other kids have come to visit him while he's at work. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does look like there's a few scenes prior to when the shit starts hitting the fan, I'm sure, that mm-hmm. takes place at the mall. Oh, yeah. Um, we also saw a glimpse of Carrie Elways in there. as uh, I guess he's playing the mayor yeah. of Hawkins. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. There's then, more 80s people in there. And uh, Nancy is looking very grown up, like adult. I don't know. It's weird 80s fashion. So she's looking like, it's Nancy, right? Isn't that her name? The older sister? of Mike's older sister? Yeah. Yeah, that was Nancy. Yeah. She, she was uh, with Jonathan in that one scene. Yeah, but she's like wearing these big. I don't know. It looked. She didn't look like the teenage self that she was. No, she looks burnt out. Burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like she's been through something. Like whatever scene that was in, whatever had just happened, they pulled an all nighter. Oh. Uh, do you think she goes to college? Uh, you know, somebody speculated on Reddit that because the previous scene before they show them. Uh, her and Jonathan was like outside of the Hawkins like um, newspaper uh-huh. uh, building, whatever, like the Hawkins Post or something. That um, maybe they're both like junior reporters or freelance reporters of some kind. Um, so that maybe they're doing some kind of sleuthing around. You know, they got the uh, journalism bug from the last season mm. when they helped uncover that. Uh, and you know, when you're a high school kid, you can just walk into the newspaper and be like, "Hey, I'd like to report for you." Well, they were talking about. Um, in the last season, I guess it was like their senior year, wasn't it? Like they at this time. Even so, you still have to go to college for like four years to learn journalism. Do you really though? You, you should, especially in the eighties. <laughs> this is true. Yes, it's uh, not. It's not now where you just get on YouTube and make a a, a blog. editorial blog or something. You know what's crazy? Um, I mean, I know that we're kind of up there a little bit now in our late 30s <clears throat> yeah but we still kind of grew up in the age of computers and stuff um i was kind of blown away i had one of those moments where somebody was like hey why is there a uh like what does this symbol mean why does that mean save and it's like the little floppy disk symbol right. and people don't know what why that exactly. is exactly uh somebody was telling me he's like yeah you know how like on the computer you have cut and paste well <laughs> you actually had to physically cut and paste words from a different paper onto your paper <laughs> And then photocopy it so that it all looks this like that's one paper. Right. I was like, what? That's so analog. 
Like I, I thought they were lying, and I was like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense where that comes from. It yeah, it comes from a real thing, and then it just becomes adapted digitally. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. The, that is the strangest thing because we and literally, like the show. yeah, we we literally grew up with computers. Like computers grew with us. Like we are at the same rate, kind of thing. Whereas the generation born after us is just computers are a constant. It was a thing. It always was a thing for them. Like them learning to how to use computers was the same as learning how to speak and then my daughter's generation will be like i remember when i was a kid we had electricity and now everything's different <laughs> now we work all day in the fields again yes <laughs> uh i i don't look forward to those days uh all right so season three of stranger things starts april 19th no july 19th I thought it was July 4th. July 4th. Isn't it? That's something like that. So it's in July, I think. So that should be right around the time that we're done with Game of Thrones. Yes, because Game of Thrones is in April. April, yeah, that's right. April, June. 21st, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, it should be right around that time. We'll start up Stranger Things episodes once a week. You can't you can't skip ahead. You can't watch ahead. No, I will not do that this time. All right. Last time I lost all self-control. <laughs> I, I, I do apologize for that. Uh, this time around, I'll restrict myself somehow. All right, sounds good. Now let's talk about uh, Star Trek season one, or Star Trek Discovery season one, episode twelve, Vaulting Ambition. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. What an episode. So I can, I guess, I can kind of see a little bit more about how why people got hooked on the show. Um, if you're gonna have episodes like this one, because you never know what the hell's gonna happen. I guess <laughs> it's just. Let's just throw it all out there. We just had so much to get through to get to here, though. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like kind of similar to the Castle Rock thing. Yeah. The whole Klingon thing could have been seriously condensed. Seriously. With how little it actually featured. Um. So the, I I mean I guess we get we have we have our Burnham bringing Lorca to Giorgio. Emperor F- Giorgio. Yeah. To uh, be like, hey, here's your traitor. I need to, to get. I need to get uh, in your good favor. Essentially, what she's trying to do is get the uh, classified information about the Defiant, yeah. so that she can uh, get her ship back home to her dimension. That's the bigger plan. Uh, Philippa figures it out though. She knows that Burnham's from another dimension because she's seen the information that's on the the Defiant. She kills a bunch of people just to prove to uh, Burnham that, hey, I know what the what's going on. Also, what the hell did she do? That was such a weird way to kill everybody. Yeah, how did... I mean, do all uh, Enterprise... Or not Enterprise, but uh, uh, Starfleet badges spin like that? And No, I've <laughs> never seen that. That's so random. That was like taking like a ramen symbol off of your chest and like shooting like a laser shuriken like, that was crazy uh i yeah i don't know what was going on there but she was able to do it that's yeah. about it's probably why she's the emperor or empress and um, yeah, i guess yeah i mean i think they call her they refer to her as emperor yeah so it's gender neutral that's progressive there you go um and she, and she tells the one person that she left alive hey don't tell any tell anybody about this and uh, i'll make you a mayor or ruler king governor of uh, governor Andor, Regina, Regina Andor, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, and then the big, the biggest reveal of that is that the Lorca that Burnham's been palling around with is actually the Lorca from 
the mirror dimension. The mirror universe, yeah. And she was for well, he was formerly lovers with uh, the Emperor Giorgio, and I guess ended up fooling around with their version of Burnham, right? Which is what caused the Emperor to put a hint on Burnham and Lorca and. Was she sending Lorca after her though, or was she sending putting a hit on both of them? Hitting, putting a hit on both of them. Okay. So, yeah. So at some point in time, I'm I'm guessing way before the the Battle of the Binary Stars, uh, Lorca from our dimension and Lorca from that dimension switch places. Maybe. That's what I'm assuming. And maybe that's the Lork, like when the Lorca from our dimension got to the mirror dimension, that's why he went against the Emperor. But he was already going, to, the, their Lorca was going against the Emperor too. Yeah. I don't know. So, you, so you're going well, to say that there was no Lorca from our dimension? There's, well, see, here's the thing about the dark dimension or the, yeah, the, the mirror universe. Um, you don't necessarily switch places with your version. I guess that's true. Um, we just it just happened to be that way. Yeah, in this particular case, the the discovery switch places. Um, what I think happened, if I'm reading this correctly, is that the 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 prime version or our version or well not ours but like the regular version of Lorca did die in that um, that battle that supposedly he binary was binary stars. I, I don't know if that's where it happened or if it was a different battle, but um, the battle that he explained where he left his crew to die and he was the only survivor, I'm guessing that the Lorca of the correct dimension or the, of, of the prime dimension did die with his crew. And he just basically said, oh, well, I'm the only survivor of that. And I did some oh, things I wasn't proud of. Okay. But that's how he would basically take his place. Or maybe he was even instrumental in causing for that to happen in order to make sure that this version of Lorca was killed so that he would fully be in his place as opposed. Now, I feel like they kind of explained a little bit more in detail, but I kind of missed it, like what it is that's going on with his eyes because they definitely focused a couple of scenes on that. So that uh, Philippa was saying that that was the only difference between the two races, that... Uh, the people in the mirror dimension have an affinity to, or not affinity, but have an affliction to, yeah, sensitive, sensitivity to bright light. Oh. So when she opens up the window, you see Philippa veer away from the sun or from the light, but not Burnham. So that's why she's like. So that's how she knew. And that's how Burnham knew. Yeah. Okay. I get it now. Like, I guess that was, I'm, so I'm guessing that was, that's just a thing that they never explained in uh their version or in in their world the why um Lorca had that new sensitivity to the light or they just explained it away as like oh it happened when he was in the battle or some war or something so it's just it's it's interesting that no one was ever able to figure it out or he was able to keep up the charade for so long i guess that makes him that makes it's a good explains why he's so good at battle yeah, because he's much more aggro. Yeah. And it explains a few things, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, well, does that really make sense? Like, how exactly could he have supplanted himself so deeply 
And I mean, he would have had to have had to have a lot of intimate knowledge about the Prime Universe for that to take place. So, but like you said, he could have just snuck in during the battle, and like as long as you win, people were not gonna question him. Like, as long as he's a winning captain. I, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, and like, but he had a history with uh, with the Admiral that one Admiral. Yeah, yeah. I see, and that's where we where we have to figure out where it was that that they switched or he came to our universe. I mean, it couldn't be too long ago if Burnham went, the Burnham of the other universe was with them, with yeah, him within those seven months or whatever it was. No, not necessarily within the seven months. It could have just been, it could have been earlier than that, but I'm just saying her age, she would have to be around the same age. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> I do. So I did think it was interesting that in this mirror universe, uh, once again, Burnham's parents are killed, but this time, instead of being taken in by Sarek, she's taken in by... Giorgio. By Giorgio, yeah. Who, and she even called her mother at some point. Right. That version of, of Burnham calls her mother. Uh, and then she said that Lorca kind of became a surrogate father, but then they pulled the Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, that's basically what happened. Um Hopefully, Starfleet has well, not Starfleet. Was it the Terran Empire? The Terran Empire has yeah. uh, certain rules for age of consent. There, I can't imagine with the way they work. It's, yeah, but who knows? In space, everything's relative. I guess. I guess. Um, yeah. So that was an interesting. And then there was also a scene where, when Burnham is introduced to the Emperor. And the emperor says, "Choose one." And there's like three aliens from the Saru's like race, right? And I'm like, is she asking her to choose one to be like her personal slave, or, or one to die, or yeah, or one to like kill? That's or? what I was thinking. Like, which one do you want killed in front of you, like yeah. as an honor? But I think it was more of a, as a personal slave because she says, uh, "You should easily know which one, what you're looking for in a whatever the name of that race is, like Kelpian or something Kelpian, like that. yeah." So. Yeah, but that just kind of just goes nowhere. I'm assuming maybe they just, that was a setup for the next episode or something. And honestly, I can't tell if that one was their their version of Saru or not. I don't think so because that one was back on the Shenzu. It, yeah, maybe and they, they didn't bring him with them. So okay. and, and they they, I mean, to their credit, they did make him look distinctly different enough. When I was like, yeah, that's definitely not Saru. There was like a few facial differentiations, but uh, okay. Um, I mean, they all look the same to me. <laughs> oh, racist. <laughs> Um. Uh, also, the one of the bigger parts of the episode is uh, Stamis talking to himself. Himself, yeah. In yeah. the 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 Mero, the Nero mesh, the mycelial network. That that's what it's called. Yes. Uh, he ends up talking the, the fungus channel. He ends up talking to the dead version of his husband, Hugh Culber. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. If he's actually talking to the spirit of Culver, or if he's merely talking to the memory that he has of Culver, like because even he, Culver tells him, "Oh, I'm dead," you know. Yeah. But he says, "Oh yeah, that's right. I remember seeing Tyler kill you." Yeah. So. And then the the apparition was like, "Yes, I remember you holding me." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Um, so." Is it him or not then? Yeah, like that wasn't very clear. Yeah, so it could be either way, but it's it's the way that makes it so that he can put things right so that he can get back to his body. At least that was another thing. 
did you do you think that the Stamus that's from the mirror dimension went back to his body, or do you think they switched bodies? The way it was presented, I thought for sure that's where they were going. Is that oh they 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 both came back, but they switched their minds, switched bodies. Uh huh. Um. Because yeah, the first one that you see wake up is uh, I mean at first you thinking it's it's the one that you're seeing wake up is the the prime Stamets, but then when it kind of pans away further, you see that he's wearing the the Terran Empire uniform. And then it also the subtitle says it's on he's on the he's on the Chiron whatever the, yeah the, the the ship is called. Which by the way, that Emperor ship looks really cool. Yeah. It's got like that, looks like it's got a sun as its reactor mm-hmm. in the engine room or whatever that is. It looks really awesome. Uh, but yeah, you see him first and you're like, oh, wait, is that our Stamets or the Dark Stamets that just woke up in the Terran body? And then they cut to in the uh, Discovery, in the uh, Spore Chamber, whatever they call it. And um, Stamets is there too with Tilly. And he was like, oh, like, we have to go to the whatever the, the mycelial spores are infected. And when he goes to open them, and they look like they're all dead. Mm-hmm. They basically look like the coral reefs look now in, in Australia, like all bleached out and decaying. <laughs> and um, so they, they said something about, like, we have to find or our supply is uh, gone or something, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they might be stuck there, even though he's back now in his mind, like without the spores, like what else? Like They're basically stuck there. I don't know. That's uh, yeah. Obviously, that's it's it's the next thing that they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna have to figure out a way to get get back home. And we know that there's a second season, so there's definitely gonna be. They definitely get home. Now, this is interesting because they did mention that um, that Stamets was working on something with with the mycelial network as well, but mm-hmm. he was doing it on the Chiron, um, the dark mirror version of the Discovery. Apparently doesn't have a spore, spore drive. drive. Probably not because uh, the emperor didn't even know about it. Well, I think she knows about it, and I think that's she knows that it's on the Chiron, but I don't think it's working. Mm. It's not working properly, so that's why she wants to see the one that Burnham has on the Discovery because she wants. To, she's like she and, but then uh, I also assume that that's the reason why that. The two ships tw- uh, traded places because they were activating their spore drive at the same time, but I guess not. Yeah, like the, there's a few details in there that don't make sense. They could have just been at the same place at the same time when they switch places or something, mm-hmm. um, which the odds of that would have been astronomical. Um, but I mean, it's Star Trek. Um, it's, it's very, yeah. It's veering more and more into the territory of space fantasy mm-hmm. than science fiction. To the point where it's just like, you know what, you just have to take it as entertainment now and not really worry too much about uh, the, the scientific accuracy of any of this. <laughs> just enjoy the story. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it definitely left us in a, in a cool place, so I'm excited. Yeah, and I mean, the reveal that um, Lorca has been the dark mirror or the dark, dark mirror. <laughs> the mirror universe the version. mirror universe version this whole time was like, whoa, so... He's literally been putting himself through hell just for the sake of the ruse. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of uh, Mel Gibson in Payback. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like he went through a lot of pain in that movie just to like prove a point and, <laughs> and have his like give the comeuppance to all the other people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, like that is, you just have to respect the balls on that. <laughs> 
Uh, anything else you want to say about the episode? Um, there's only three episodes left, and I'm actually kind of curious now where it's going to go. Oh, I wanted to say this. I mean, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but uh, a little bit of news that did come out this week is uh, uh, Anis Mount. Is that, is that how you say his name? Uh, Anson. Anson Mount and Rebecca Romain, who are in the second season as Captain Pike and Number One, respectively, are not going to be in season three. Oh, interesting. Uh, I wonder I if that's a spoiler for season two. I don't think, I mean, it's not necessarily a spoiler because we know from Star Trek lore that Captain Pike eventually has to go be the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where uh, everybody, I guess they were reporting like, oh, we already knew they weren't going to be here for one season kind of thing. So there's that. Well, that's interesting then because that means that Kirk would then be taking over command of the Enterprise, wouldn't it? Well, it's Discovery. So. Well, Pike wasn't. Was is in season two? Was Pike the commander of the Discovery? I think that's what they're saying. Oh, so he's the the commander or the captain of the Discovery. He's going to go and become the the captain of, the, of Enterprise. Ah, I see. Okay, that and makes then more sense. we go into the first episode of the original series or the the pilot episode. Is it the Menagerie or something? Yeah, and then yeah. he'll end up wheelchair bound. Yeah, wheelchair bound, and then Captain Kirk will come in. I see. So yeah, essentially, we just can't get away from the the classics. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. If you have any opinions on Star Trek Discovery episode twelve, season one, episode twelve, uh, we'd love to hear it. If you have any any opinions or anything to say about the stories we talked about, we'd love to hear about that too. Are you excited for season three of Stranger Things? Do you want to uh, buy buy something from the Netflix Marvel auction? Uh, we want to hear about it. Is IG eighty eight your favorite bounty hunter? Uh, I mean, it could be. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John is also on Twitter as? I am at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geek's Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.